We know Georgia politics from Peachtree Street to Pennsylvania Avenue. Politically Georgia podcast delivers exclusive news and analysis five days a week by a team of veteran political insiders watching your public officials. Hosted by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Greg Bluestein, Bill Nygut, Tia Mitchell, and Patricia Murphy. Listen weekdays at 10 a.m. on WABE 90.1. Stream everywhere or at AJC.com forward slash podcasts. News and analysis five days a week from Politically Georgia podcast. From the studios of Fox 5 DC in Washington DC, this is the On the Hill podcast. We welcome you in, Tom Fitzgerald here along with you, and we come to you at the end of the longest partial government shutdown in history. 35 days it went on. Yes. And the federal government is now back up and running, but the question is how long and how long are we going to deal with the economic impact of all of this? Marty Kretzinger is an economics reporter for the Associated Press here in Washington, and Marty's kind enough to join us this week on the Hill. How are you, Marty? Good morning. Good morning. All right, so, so let's go back to December. It's December 20th. Everybody's saying, well, they probably won't have a shutdown. Mitch McConnell's saying they won't have a shutdown. Then they have the shutdown. Yeah. How much of the economy got affected by what went on over the course of those 35 days? Well, the, the, the key thing for the overall economy is confidence because the, you, the, uh, if you think about it, consumer spending is about 70% of economic activity. Mm-hmm. So while you know 800,000 workers not getting paychecks uh, is a lot of folks and, and each individual household w- was, was hit hard, the overall economy could take something like that, but th- but the problem is is that if investors get worried, if businesses get worried, start pulling back on their investments, uh, the uh, then that that can affect the overall economy. And I think the problem here was, as you said, <laughs> we'd never seen anything like this. I mean, the longest shutdown before was 21 days, and this one wasn't even supposed to happen because they had passed a bill. Uh, that uh, uh, Trump initially had agreed to Mm -hmm. that would have gotten them reopened again. But it did happen, and so that rattled people somewhat. The the, uh, 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 president's chief economic advisor, uh, uh, Mr. Hassett, was saying just this last week before Mm -hmm. the shutdown ended that if the thing kept going on, that uh, GDP could go to zero for the zero. first quarter. Zero. Yeah, he, he, he gave that because it was each week that it went on, it, it, uh, it, it, the ripple effect was mm-hmm. greater. We saw that at the end, I think, because uh, one of the things I think that finally pushed it to end uh, was the fact that you, you had those uh, uh, Air airport delays, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in the, in along the uh, Northeast Carter. And so th- that problem was there. The, the government was, uh, the, the Trump administration was trying to deal kind of uh, <laughs> like putting patches on an inner tube or something with the uh, the problems as they came up they were calling back uh, IRS workers mm-hmm. uh, 26,000 of not them all n- and not all and were coming all back half of them didn't come back you know and some some of the, the stories uh, some lady said you know it t- cost me 20 bucks to to fill up my car each week and uh, I've been out of work. I don't have I've, I don't have paychecks. I don't have the money to get to my job. I so. know it was painful for for yes. a lot of the folks we yes. talked to. Uh, you know, I talked to you know one woman who said that she was basically at the point where she had maxed out all of her credit cards. Right. Uh, I spoke to another uh, TSA worker who had told me, you know, I can put things on credit cards. My landlord doesn't take a credit card. Right. He's my landlord. He right. expects a check. Yeah. I don't have money in my bank account yes. right now. Yeah. 
to write them a check. So they were real world. Um, and that know, was one of the unusual things because if you think this this was not one missed paycheck, but it was two missed paychecks. Mm -hmm. You know, and and the folks who live pay paycheck to paycheck, it was starting to get tight. All right, so. Let's rewind to why these things happen. You know, we've seen shutdowns before, obviously never one like this. But when the government passes a budget, you would expect then, as a layperson, that that means they now know how much money they have. They now have that money to spend and then they will go spend it until the next budget. But clearly, that's not the way this actually operates. So why is the government running out of money if we're supposed to have a budget? Well, it, it, part, of, part of it is is that the budget process is, is really broken down in so many ways so that the, the federal year starts on October 1st, but it's, uh, it's, it's more common than not now that, that uh, various departments, for various reasons, will not have their budgets by October 1st. So the, the you know Congress passes the the famous continuing resolutions mm -hmm. to keep things going, but but then they only run for a certain time, and then you have another deadline, and then and then each uh, Democrats and Republicans see the uh, the, the 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 need to get a, a budget done or, or a shutdown happens as a pressure point, which they try to use for leverage, and in this case, President Trump was trying to use it for leverage to, to get his border wall. You know, President Trump is, I believe, accepting a dollar a year as salary right, right. now. The uh, you know members of Congress got their paychecks throughout this. Um, you know, there's been some discussion as to whether or not, you know, we should freeze all of the elected leaders' yeah. <laughs> uh, paychecks yeah. next time this comes down, and maybe that will have some kind of force of action against this. But how do we how do we fix this so you say that the budget process is broken what do we need to do to get away from continuing resolutions and get back to some normalcy and some sanity in that we're not running out of yeah. these funds yeah that's a good question and 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 i've covered the budget uh, since 1984 in this town and i've just seen the whole process get worse and worse because as the deficits have gotten worse mm -hmm. and worse that's been one driving force uh the e each side whenever you know like the democrats are coming in now to the and taking control in the house when the republicans took control they always talk about uh, uh, regular order mm -hmm. that they that they'll that the uh, budget bills yeah. will be heard by the appropriations committee passed on a timely basis and then it'll all get done and that the that come october 1st of a new budget year they'll they'll have everything together but that seems mm. to never happen regular order was the centerpiece of you know one of john mccain's last speeches on right. the senate floor yes. demanding pleading with the senate to return to regular right. order because you know in mccain's words we're getting nothing done we're getting nothing done yeah and 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 so th that's always the hope. I, uh, uh, frankly, I think we're probably uh, for a, a period we're, we're going to be farther away from it, just because you now have divided uh, government with Democrats in control of the House, Republicans in, in control of the Senate. That I guess we may see something with this conference committee that's that's coming up to try to to reach a resolution on the border wall. Uh, uh, yeah. Whether they could, you know, they they both appointed their conferees now. Whether they 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 can find any common ground, yeah. but if, if past history is any guide, it, it <laughs> you, you can't be too hopeful. Uh, a minute ago, Marty, you said a word uh, 
that I almost think has been banned from politicians' mouths lately that you never, ever hear them talk about, which is deficit. Yes. We right. don't talk yeah. about the deficit anymore. I mean, you know, 25 years ago, Ross Perot said that it was the you know the crazy old aunt up in the attic that nobody wants to reference yeah. the crazy old aunt has been moved out of the attic and they think she's somewhere between the roof and the yeah. and the shingles right, right. now yeah. you can't find any discussion of the deficit no. anymore and even though we're, we're about we're the 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 trump administration itself in its mid-session review has projected that we're going to run deficits of one trillion dollars each year this year and the next two three and you know the <laughs> and and you're right it's kind of disappeared uh, as a debating point right and here's now. here's my idiot question you know a lot of people told us that they didn't feel the government shut down until they felt it how will they feel the effects of Deficits that are continuing to go higher and higher and higher. The, the, what will eventually happen at some point is, I mean, you, you think the, the point would have happened long ago when you, when you I mean, you're, you're talking about a national debt at tw $20 trillion. You would think that, that, that the pain would be there. But, but what economists say is because the economy is so large, that and the the uh, uh, U.S. Treasuries are the, uh, considered the safest investment in the world. That you know investors are still willing to to, to fund uh, our very large deficits. But at some point, economists warn us that, that that tipping point will happen, and then you know the interest rates are going to start rising. And if interest rates on government, let me stop. Let me yes. stop you from there. So that's an area people might start feeling yes, with this. Exactly. If, if, if yeah. the interest rates go up, and say so you want to take out a loan or buy a house you're going to you're going to start to feel yeah, that you, and that's directly know. tied to the to the deficit exactly and that and when that tipping point comes and and uh, uh, i cover the federal reserve so fed chairman uh, uh jerome powell has always asked this question as well and his answer and it's it's one that economists generally agree with is that it hasn't happened yet but at some point mm -hmm. it will happen just because the projections are so bad for how where the deficit is going and you segue perfectly into what i wanted to also talk to you about which is the fed jerome powell's not been on the job very just, long just a year of the of february replacing as chairman uh, replacing yeah, janet yellen yes it seems the relationship between the president and powell soured almost on contact <laughs> that we started hearing these stories of the president not being happy about thinking of replacing Powell. Where did that come from? Because he barely has been on the job. Right. And uh, the, I think probably what happened was the, the Federal Reserve raised uh, its policy, policy rate four times this last year. And that uh, uh, and signaled that more rates were, to, were going to happen this year. I think when the, mar you know, the market peaked, in October, early October, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the the, uh, the Fed had uh, uh, raised rates three times then, and and said it would raise, and it did raise again in December. At that point, investors started getting nervous that that, that rates were getting too high, and that that, that perhaps this long uh, bull market we had in stocks was about to come to an end. So, and you saw we had a pretty steep dive. So I think that mm -hmm. got the president's attention. 
and he started complaining because uh, the president had a point. We didn't have uh, an inflation, still don't have an inflation problem. Inflation mm -hmm. is still low, and normally that's why the Federal Reserve raises rates because they're trying to cool off the economy a bit and keep it from overheating and causing inflation problem. And so uh, Trump started uh, sending out some pretty tough tweets against the guy he had picked right. to be his special. It was his own selection. Yes, his own that. selection. He could, he could have chosen Janet Yellen, who was mm. considered very dovish in, in terms yeah. of uh, Ray Dykes, but he went with Powell, and it got pretty tough. That has, that has moderated a bit because it's the, the Fed actually, I think, uh, read the markets as well and, and felt, uh, uh, got a signal that they perhaps had gone, uh, uh, gone uh, certainly far enough. And, and they have s are now signaling patience. They're going to meet this next week, and they're not likely to raise rates. One of the things those of us who, who don't regularly cover economic policy are, are told by smart analysts and smart people who we, we go to for answers about these kinds of things are, are that rate hikes are, are an indication of economic health, that um, for a long time, and 11 years now since the 2008 crash, you know, a lot of the policies that were put into place by the Fed were a reaction to what went on in 2008. We're in 2019 now. Is it time to move away from that mindset of crisis, of real crisis we had in 2008, and maybe reset the table looking forward um, to the economic realities in front of us? You know, when you, when you look at, you know, just... The, the, the trade that goes on in this country, just over the internet now, mm -hmm. it's vastly different than what it was yeah. back in 2008. Are we still stuck in a 2008 mindset about how we look at the Fed, how we look at things like yeah. interest rates? Well, the recession, the last recession was so deep, and it was accompanied by with a financial crisis, you know, where you saw, you know, uh, 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 the, the credit just frees up, essentially, with the biggest banks in, in America having to get, you know, uh, billion dollar bailouts you know to mm -hmm. uh, so so that was s such a, uh, a shock to the system that it has taken a long time to get the economy back uh, 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 into a spot but we are in, in a very good spot in term in many ways now if you think uh, unemployment uh, uh, to 3.9 percent near 50 year low I mm -hmm. mean a lot of things that are going on on now are, are show a strong strong economy it's just a balancing act mm -hmm. for the Federal Reserve, uh, which we saw because, you know, the the investors of the markets have gotten used to, to very uh, cheap credit for so long that as you s even you raise rates to, 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 to levels that b before would not have been considered very high, then they, they start mm -hmm. getting worried about, you know, what might happen. So that's what, what you're going to see the Fed right. doing all this year is trying to balance, uh, you know, the need to make sure that the economy doesn't overheat with with the mm -hmm. fact that that uh, that if they go too too far too fast then then w we're now in the the 10th uh, year of an e economic expansion if it lasts till june it will be the longest recovery in us history so the the fed's job is to make sure that it can keep going as mm -hmm. as long as possible you know i can remember back during the obama administration the early days of it and we would wait for the new unemployment numbers to come out and every month it would just get progressively worse oh, yeah. and worse and worse you know at one point getting up around seven percent um a lot of people look at the economy right now and there's this argument as to whether or not are we experiencing the result of obama economic policies or has the trump administration over the past 24 months played a critical role 
in what we see right now in the economy. Where do you fall on that? Are, are we coasting on what went on in the Obama administration or has the Trump administration actually done things to affect our economic environment right now? Oh, they, they've, they've definitely done things to affect the environment. Uh, uh, the uh, big tax cut uh, last year uh, uh, certainly juiced up growth. Uh, 2018 may may be the fastest growth. It may get to three percent. We don't know yet. But that adds to the deficit problem. <laughs> yes, you talked exactly. About a exactly. Ago. That's the problem. Yeah. And that's. I mean, uh, if you'd ask, you know, your Ivy Ivory Tower PhD economist, uh, should we be? Those people. Taxes? Won't, those they, people won't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they they would, but, but they would probably say, you know, the 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 uh, timing's not quite right for such a large tax cut now. But it did juice things up and. And not only that tax cut happened, but remember we had a budget deal at the uh, last year with a with a uh, 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 short shutdowns. Right. They they got uh, they they in increased by a couple hundred billion dollars spending in defense and uh, 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 domestic programs. That all of that helped contribute to stronger growth, driving the, the unemployment rate down farther. So so the Trump administration inherited. A good uh, 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 hand uh, from the Obama administration. The, the, uh, the we we had lost about eight million jobs uh, uh, in the deep recession, and you, we had gained um, uh, all of those in back, and we're adding and driving the unemployment down. But wh what Trump did certainly la uh, for the first two years uh, uh, it, it boosted uh, growth. The, the as you said, what happens now? Because now now they're facing trillion dollar deficits and. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to raise the debt ceiling again. That's going to be a fight we're going to have in March, mm -hmm. uh, starting in March. So uh, uh, going forward, the the, uh, the Trump had kind of had two two good years uh, uh, building on what Obama had started. But uh, going forward, uh, uh, number one, what if we do go into recession? Mm -hmm. Then what happens with the deficits as high as they are now? One of the things the Trump administration has been very active in is the issue of trade. Uh, it's clearly an important issue to the president. Um, you know, a lot of his other things that he's talked about, you know, probably get a, a lot more attention. Things like, uh, you know, immigration and his you know demand for the border wall. But but trade is really something that Donald Trump talked about um, almost nonstop yes. from the moment he yeah. he announced uh, his presidency. He has reworked a trade deal between Mexico, the United States, and Canada. Um, he has pulled the United States out of the Paris Agreement. He has um, pulled apart some trade agreements with China mm -hmm. and, and looked at those as well, too. Uh, what is, is, if you could sum up in a general theme what you see when you look at Trump's trade philosophy and he wants it out of, you know, he says things like, laughing stock and you know there's a lot of hyperbole um connected to his rhetoric on trade but the, but there does there seem to be a guiding principle in it to you yes I, I i think his guiding principle and even long before he ran for president you know the he that trade was a big issue as a businessman with him and i think the guiding principle is that you know we're running huge trade deficits we're running the biggest trade deficit uh, uh with china of any country uh and the you I think one of the big reasons he won was because of trade and talking about people who had been left behind and the, the you know all the the factories that have closed and moved jobs overseas and I think 
uh, Trump spoke to that and, and spoke to it in a way that said, you know, all the, you know, both Democrats and Republicans before me have said they're going to, you know, take care of this problem and get these factories opened again, and they haven't done it, and I will do it. And he's come in with a very tough policy, and he's really gone after China. The issue is, of course, that, the, you know, the, the China is now s s uh, slapped tariffs on us, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, soybean farmers in, in the Midwest who voted for Trump, you know, Not liking the it. they don't like Not it. Not liking so. it. Marty Kretzinger, he's the Associated Press economics reporter, and uh, he was kind enough to join us on the podcast uh, today. Marty, we thank you so much for uh, shedding some light and, you know, broadening it out uh, a little bit because, you know, boy, this literally affects everybody's lives, this oh, yeah. issue and, 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 you know, how we you know, navigate through this economic sea right now. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a global ocean we're all on. So, yes, yes. Marty, we do appreciate you coming in. I enjoyed being here. All right. And we thank you as well. Coming to you from the studios of Fox 5 in D.C., I'm Tom Fitzgerald. We thank you. We'll see you next time on The Hill. Ven a JCPenney y termina tus compras navideñas con brillantes descuentos como hasta 70% en joyería después del cupón. Además tenemos velas, mantas suavecitas y más desde $7.99 y miles de doorbusters en marcas como Adidas, Champion, Disney y Carters. Recoge tu pedido el mismo día. Es rápido y gratis. Estará listo en dos horas o menos hasta las 3 p.m. en Nochebuena. JCPenney. Celebraciones que valen la pena. Ofertas válidas hasta el 24 de diciembre en selección de estilos. Aplican exclusiones. Doorbusters excluyendo los cupones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com.